thank God for His presence in the services Friday night, Saturday night. Lord just orchestrated that. Gave we focused on the younger brother Friday night and the elder brother last night, and and Miss Pastor D's going to just bring it home in a little while. So. Uh, let me go over the announcements uh, for you for this week. There's a communication card. Uh, please fill that out and load any prayer requests. There's some things coming up. Um, we have our regular uh, prayer meeting on Tuesday, uh, gatherings on Wednesday. Uh, we had a wonderful crew in here last week uh, for dinner. I think meatloaf and mashed potatoes is on the menu for this Wednesday night. A wonderful time of Bible study and prayer. So. Let's uh, let's just be faithful to to the means of grace and to be here and to and to study and and to help one another. Um, and then men's retreat is this weekend. There's probably still time and opportunity to get in if you haven't signed up for that. But uh, up at the campground, uh, so uh, be mindful of each of those announcements on there. Christianity 101 uh, has been going well, and uh, we'll be focusing on the Holy Spirit. There's you can jump in next week. Uh, if you haven't been a part of that, but uh, 9 o'clock, that class is going on, so uh, please join us for that as well. We're going to invite the kids to come. We uh, have a special speaker today. We want you to stay in the sanctuary, but we got a coloring sheet, so I believe you're talented enough to color and listen quietly and pay attention. So um, sometimes you get tired of my voice, and you you know, but I think you'll be clued in and paying attention this morning, so... We love our kids, don't we? But it's a joy to have Pastor D and her daughter Rose and Rose's son with us today. Um, we have some friends over from Lake Charles that uh, knew Rose and, and D back in Lake Charles. D pastored in uh, Louisiana for a number of years, and her last pastorate, D, I just was remembering last night that you invited me to come share in a revival. This place is called Century. There's a place in Century in the Bible, but this is in um, Sabine Parish near Florine. It's back. Miss Janice has been there. You, you, they have to almost pump sunshine back into this place. But you go down a gravel road back into the piney woods, and, and there's, a, there's a, just a wonderful congregation and church there. And uh, I was thinking the house where we were staying the Leos, they serve pancakes every Sunday morning. So that's just their thing. And, and we had pancakes that Sunday morning. So it was a joy to be with you. Thank you for that opportunity. It's a joy to have her back here. Uh, some of you young people, I mentioned this last night, but if you, when you go to youth camp and you compete for um, the teams, they put you on a team and you do all the athletics and scripture memorization and, and you get points for that. At the end of the week, they, you win. Uh, the winning team gets to hold up the D-Boyt Cup. I mean, that's like the uh, Lombardi Trophy of uh, Louisiana Nazarenes, you know. So now you can say when you win, when the when red team wins or blue team wins and you get the, the D-Boyt Cup, you'll, you'll say, I know her. She, she spoke at my church. She preached at my church. So uh, it's a joy to have you. She serves as the intercession uh, minister at Crossroads Tabernacle, which has been instrumental in, in prayer awakenings and... and uh, Prodigals coming back, so thank you for being here today. Come share what the Lord has on your heart. Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I had no idea there was a D-Boyt Cup. I just found that out last night. So 
I was the NYI president here in Louisiana for, I think, about 14, 15 years, much too long. I became an old-timer, and I had to I had to move on to other things. But uh, anyway, so I'll be signing autographs afterwards. Just gave, no, just teasing. Just teasing. But it is good to be here this morning, and I uh, love and appreciate Dale and Carmen, your pastor and his wife and uh, family, precious, precious uh, people, and uh, admire them and their faithfulness to God, their obedience to God. And um, it's a privilege to be here this morning. Um, as as we were praying uh, for the children, the, the youth um, this morning, I was reminded I the assignment where I am now, I'm like a missionary. I resigned my church, and I felt called to go to um, Fort Worth, Texas, to Crossroads Tabernacle. And uh, so um, I work at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I work in the the marketing department, catering department there, and uh, and so every every day on my way to work, I have to travel down I thirty, which is a crazy a crazy adventure, much different than Century, the gravel road back in the boondocks. Um, I have to fight my way through the traffic going down I thirty, but there is one of those huge billboards, and it's a public it has a public service announcement on it, and it asks the question. Who is talking to your children? And like every time I drive by there, I expect it, but my head always whips around, and it's and it's such a powerful question. Who is talking to your children? It, it means, you know, who's talking to them on the phone, and, and, and you know we don't have to go into all of that this morning, uh, the things that are available through uh, through the phone. But it's what a powerful question that is. Who is talking to your children? And as as... The body of Christ and as parents and um, trying to steward our children, that is so very important. Who is talking to them? What, what are the influences? What are the things that, they are, that they're hearing and the stories that they're being told and, and, and even the untruths that they're being told? And so um, this morning, I, I love stories. Do you love stories? I, I love stories, and there's three stories in the in in the New Testament that I'd like to just uh, go through kind of quickly this morning. But there, and there are three stories about faith, and it, and there are stories that that make Jesus marvel and and move Jesus to action. And so, if you have your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Luke seven, there's a story there. This is this takes place right after Jesus had shared the Beatitudes with his followers um we can read about that in in chapter six many of you we know the beatitudes but following that um scripture says luke recorded that that jesus went on then into capernaum and he began to to uh to speak to the people there and verse two says and there was a certain centurion servant who was dear to him and a certain centurion servant was dear to him he was sick and he was ready to die and so when he heard about jesus he sent elders of the jews to jesus pleading with him to come and to heal his servant now this is very interesting remember jesus jesus was jewish and here this centurion is this the centurions uh had this servant and he's sending his elders to jesus because of the illness of his servant very interesting to me 
And when, he, when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and he's built us a synagogue, as if they're bribing, trying to bribe Jesus. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should even enter under my roof. Now this centurion... It's not Jewish, right? But yet he has this respect for Jesus. And verse 7 says, Therefore I do not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word. Four very important words there. But say the word. Can you say that with me? But say the word and my servant will be healed. There's only a few times in Scripture where, where we read about Jesus being amazed or Jesus being marveled. Can, you think you can marvel Jesus? <laughs> Jesus? Jesus, the Son of God, can be amazed or, or marvel at something? But in verse 9, it says, When Jesus heard these things that the centurion said, he marveled at him. And he turned around and he said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith not even in israel where jesus was sent the people that jesus was sent to to be amazed that i won't try to say the greek word for it because i'm doing well to speak english let alone greek but 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 the word marveled it means to be amazed to wonder to marvel at and here jesus is jesus the son of god God himself, God in, in, in flesh, here on this earth, the one who created, we sang a song about how we, he knew us in our mother's womb. He was singing over us before we were ever even formed. And here this centurion man's faith made Jesus go. And he marveled at this great faith that this man had. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. And those would, and then it goes on and talks about how, yes, the servant was healed. As I've looked at that passage of Scripture over and over again, I just keep praying, Lord, may I have such a great faith that you are marveled, that you are amazed at my faith, faith that amazes Jesus. That's story number one. Turn back a couple of, of, of pages, of, a couple of pages of my Bible, back, back to Luke, the sixth chapter. And there's another story that we read about faith. And in the sixth chapter, where, um, go on over to, let's see, verse six. No, wait, I'm sorry. Verse one. Now it happened on the second, I'm in the wrong chapter. Mark, I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous here this morning. Don't mean to be. So I know the Lord has something that he wants to do in this place this morning. He already has. Okay, Mark chapter 6. Sorry about that. And um, here again, Jesus had been out and about. He'd been healing people. Miracles had taken place. Um, And then we find Jesus going back into Nazareth. And it was the Sabbath day, Sunday. And Jesus 
was always in the temple, in the synagogue on Sundays. And he was there that morning, that Sabbath morning, I guess much like we are. And he was reading from the scroll and he was teaching the people. And those that had gathered there in the synagogue, in the temple that morning, they, Scripture tells us in Mark the sixth chapter that, that they were astonished at what he was saying. Where did this man get these things, and, and, and what wisdom is it that which he's given him, and that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Verse 3 says, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Judas, and Simon, and, 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 and are not his sisters with us? And then it says, So they were offended at him. They were offended at Jesus this son of God that we just talked about, who healed this Roman centurion servant, this son of God, Jesus, who had been going around and going around the countryside, healing people and delivering people and setting people free. And he goes back to his own hometown. And scripture tells us here in Mark, the sixth chapter, that the people were offended by him. Help us. Help us. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. So he could not do mighty works there. Except he went around, he laid hands on a few, and a few people, a few people were healed. A few people were delivered. But he was limited in what he could do because why? The people were offended at Jesus. And so... I believe here as I've looked at this passage of Scripture and tried to understand it, it kind of speaks to me, Pastor Dale, of a familiarity. You know, I think you and I kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday over coffee. Uh, I think sometimes when, we, when we've been around church, maybe we've grown up in church, I'm a pastor's kid. <laughs> you know, I've grown up in church. My, my daughter's a pastor's kid. You know, she, she grew up on the campgrounds, running around um, Acting like a heathen on the campgrounds. No. No. Uh, capture the flag and all that good stuff. And um, so she grew up. Every time, every time um, I went somewhere, I tried to take my kids with me. Every, when I went on mission trips, I took her to South Africa and I took her to Mexico. And I, everywhere, I, everywhere I went, everywhere God sent me, I would, I would try to take my kids with me so that they would be exposed to the things of God. But I think sometimes what happens to us if we're not careful, the church culture and the church world becomes so familiar to us that, that we can be offended by it even. That's why there's so many names on this board right over here because they become offended at Jesus. Maybe he didn't, maybe people feel like, well, I prayed and, and it, that my mom and dad would stay together, and they didn't stay together, and so they become offended at Jesus. Or, or maybe I prayed that so-and-so would be healed, and they didn't get healed, so they become offended at Jesus. Or, or maybe things just didn't turn out at all like I thought, and so they become offended by the words of Jesus. And even as I'm saying that, you're being offended. How can you be offended at Jesus? Yeah, but you are. <laughs> you are. Um, maybe he's called you to something and you're going, oh, no way. 
no way. I'll come and I'll sit on the pew and I'll be faithful to sit on the pew. But I'm not, I, I, I just wonder how many of these people have callings on their life. Or maybe they were in some kinds of ministry, but yet the enemy has come in and caused them to be offended. Maybe it's somebody in the church or maybe it's something that Jesus said to them. And they've become offended. And that's why their name is there because they've, they've walked away from their calling on their life. So I think familiarity can sometimes breed unbelief. You know, when you lose the awe and wonder of who Jesus truly is, that does breed unbelief in our lives. And so Jesus marveled. See, this is the very opposite of the centurion's faith that caused Jesus to to turn and heal his servant. This causes Jesus to cause Jesus to say, "I marveled at their unbelief that I am who I say that I am, and I can do what it is that I can say that that I say that I can do, and that I am the fulfillment of the scriptures that he was reading in the synagogue to the people that day." And so they became offended. Church, we've got to be a people that truly believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he says he can do. That name that we sang about, that's such a beautiful song. I don't know that I'd ever heard that song before, but it is beautiful. The name of Jesus is beautiful. He's, his name is what we need, the power that is available to us in his name to heal, to, to set free, to deliver To bring freedom. It's his name. His name is beautiful. And so we need to be a people that truly believe that his name can do what he says his name can do and deliver. And to keep these children and these young young people that we prayed over this morning so that their name doesn't end up on that board over there. In agreement with that? <laughs> yes, yes. The third story that I want to share this morning, there's a third type of faith, and that's the faith of a mama. <laughs> that is the faith of a mama. If you want to follow along, go to Mark, the seventh chapter. Here again, Jesus had been out and about doing what Jesus does, healing people, touching people's lives. Being Jesus. And we come across another story in Mark, the seventh chapter, beginning with verse 24. And so Jesus arose after after he'd been healing people, teaching. Verse 24 says, From there he arose and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and he he didn't want anybody to know that he was there. But Jesus can't be hidden. That's Dee's paraphrase there. Jesus can't be hidden. (laughs) There was a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, and she heard about him, and she came, and she fell at Jesus' feet. Now, here we go again. This woman wasn't a Jew. This woman was, was Greek. And she kept asking Jesus, 
to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, not even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. See, that was a little different. Their society was different than ours. You know, in our society, we usually feed the children first, right? Well, the children ate last, and then the dogs ate, ate, ate what, was, what was left. And so it was a little bit different. But Jesus said to her, for, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she got back to her house, she found that the demon had indeed gone. And her daughter was lying there on her bed. I believe in her right mind. <laughs> totally set free. So here we have these, these, these contrasting stories. One that makes Jesus marvel because of a great faith. One that makes Jesus be amazed at unbelief. And here we have another one. The story of a mother who had great faith and belief in Jesus that he could indeed set her free and deliver her daughter from the demons that held her. And so she persisted in her asking. Hear that this morning. She persisted in her asking until Jesus responded to what it was that she asked of him. You know, we don't, I don't want you to get all caught up in this verse and this morning, this passage, and what, well, what does it mean about the dogs and all that. It, if you put yourself in this woman's shoes, if you put this yourself in this woman's position, she loved her daughter, right? We all have people in our lives that we love and we, we care about. It might not be our daughters it might be our son it might might be a family member it might be close close friend but people that we love and that we care about but for this woman it was her daughter and she recognized that on her own she really had no merit to come before jesus she was a woman in that society women didn't go address men especially women of another culture didn't address a, a man of a different culture but here she is. She goes, she, she couldn't, it, it, it didn't matter to her. She persisted until, until she moved Jesus to action. Why? Because she loved her daughter and she knew that Jesus was the answer. How she came to that conclusion, I don't know. Maybe she was watching and, and saw how he had healed and how he had delivered. If Jesus can speak to Muslims, right, and let them know that who he is, then I guess he can speak to this Greek woman and and. and let her know who he, who he was. But she persisted until he delivered her. Her position in life and her, and her culture and, her, and her, her religion even gave her no leverage to go before God except for his mercy and his grace that he extends to all of us. And so she just wouldn't settle. She wouldn't come to peace with the fact that her daughter was being controlled by demons. This stuff we don't like to talk about, do we? I know growing up in the church, we didn't talk about this kind of stuff. It is the truth. It is the truth. There are all kinds, and, and there are all kinds of distractions, even right now, this moment, that are going on in here. Things that, that want to keep us thinking about other things instead of the word that Jesus has for us this morning. And this woman persisted because she knew that Jesus was the answer 
And so she wouldn't settle. She wouldn't come to, the, to peace with the fact that her daughter needed deliverance. And she had nothing to offer Jesus but the faith that she could gather up and go boldly, boldly go into a place where she, by society, wasn't even supposed to be. I don't think that she was saying, Lord, give me what I deserve based on, the, on my own merit, but she was saying, give me what I don't deserve based on your goodness and your mercy and your grace. The three stories about different types of faith. Which kind of faith do you have this morning? Which kind of faith directs your life? Which kind of faith directs your prayer life? Which kind of faith directs your actions and your reactions and your interactions with people in your life? I heard Pastor already mentioned last week he preached from Luke, the 15th chapter. Friday night, um, the pastor preached about the compassion of the Father. Last night, we heard about the elder brother. And so many of us can testify, yeah, I am or I've been the elder brother who resisted and who who was offended because the younger brother came home and was given the fatted calf and the party was thrown, even though he'd been out there sowing wild oats, so to speak. Where do we get that term? I don't know. But anyway, not living like he should have been living and squandering his inheritance and and bringing um, dishonor to his father's name. But yet the compassion that the father had for him to throw a party when the, when the son came home. We rejoiced with Carmen and her and her family. Um, Glenn has come to our church some since he's been delivered and set free, and he's such a, it's such a joy to be around him and, and such a joy to hear his testimony and to see his fresh-found faith. And, and um, I, I know... I know that that it takes time for the healing to take place in families after somebody has been away from God and they and they come back to to God but yet the party is thrown and there's great rejoicing because the son has come home. And so this morning I'd like to share just a little bit about our story. <laughs> Our story, the story of our family. It's a joy to have my daughter here with us this morning and my little grandson. I call my little grandson Judah. I call him the son of the promise. (laughs) Because our daughter wandered away from God for many years. Brought much heartache, much difficulty in so many ways into our family. Division. Pretty hard when you're the NYI president, (laughs) the youth leader on the district, and you're the pastor of the church, and your child is out wandering around and you don't know where they are, or maybe you do know where they are, and that brings even more um, angst to your heart and tears and all of that. But God is so, so merciful. So merciful. I became like this woman in Mark, the seventh chapter, this mama. 
I wasn't going to give up. Eight years. Some of us, if we pray for eight seconds or eight minutes, we think, man, we've done a, we've done, we, we have, we've done a big thing, you know. Eight years. Eight years interceding on her behalf. Storming the gates of hell. Hanging on to the promises that God had given me for my family and for my children. Would I trade it? That's a good question. (laughs) Because there's things that I learned during that time that I otherwise wouldn't have known. I learned a way to pray that I didn't know before. I learned a faith that I didn't have before. I, I came to the place where I could trust God, God, where I hadn't been able to trust Him before. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a child or, or a family member, maybe it's a spouse uh, who's a prodigal. Has God given you a promise on their behalf? Has God given you a promise that they would come back? Has God given you any promises for your family? If you can say, no, I don't really have a promise, well, then ask him. Get in the Scripture, get in the Word, and say, Holy Spirit, lead me to the place where I can find the promise and hang on to that promise because it will help you and sustain you through the long haul until they come back home again because we, we must always believe that they are coming home. We can't give up, right, Carmen? We can't give up that they're not coming home. The Father went out every day. Scripture says in Luke 15, the father went out every day and stood on the end of the road. I can just see him. I kind of think of the century road. (laughs) I can just see him standing out there. Is that him? Is that him? Is he coming? You know, 15 or 50 young men could have walked down that that road. But Chantel, the father, knew the one, didn't he? Because he knew, he knew what he looked like. He knew how he walked. He, he, he knew what his gait was. Why? Because he was his son. It's pretty ironic that my daughter is standing right back there at the door. <laughs> I knew what she looked like. I knew how she walked. And I knew when she came back home, I knew it was her. I went every day to stand at the end of the lane and say, she's coming home. Today could be the day. Today could be the day that she'll come home. There was a song about six months before um, Rose Ellen came back to the Lord and was totally delivered and set free um, from a life of addiction and a, um, a life of sin, a life of turning her back on all that she knew, a life of turning her back on the callings that God has upon her life. And there was a song that that uh, became my prayer. And every day I would go to the sanctuary and I would get down on my face right beside the pulpit where I preached on Sundays. <laughs> and I'd say, Lord, you've said if we call upon your name, we and our family would be saved. So every day I'd tell him, God, I'll call upon your name. Because drug rehab didn't do it. Tough love didn't do it. Fighting her with the scripture didn't do it. It was his name. I call upon your name. You said, Lord, 
that we and our family would be saved. And so, God, here I am again this morning. <laughs> I'm calling upon your name. I have no other name. I can't. There's nothing else I can do. It's the best thing I can do to call upon your name. And you know, we all have our we all we all have these thoughts in our minds of how things are going to go, right? And how things are going to turn out. Well, it didn't turn out the way that I thought. I thought I would be the one. She'd come home one day. Oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no. God had a better plan. God had a better plan. In his timing, in his way, we were at the campgrounds, at a ladies' retreat. I had already moved off the district, and I was in Oklahoma, and, and uh, I had planned the ladies' retreat before I left, and gotten the speaker to come and uh and so i thought you know since i planned all that i probably should go <laughs> right so i came from oklahoma and I, and I hadn't seen rose ellen since we left louisiana part of that tough love and uh, so i thought well maybe if i come to alexandria she'll come from lake charles and she'll come to see me i brought my mom with me <laughs> she loves her grandma and so uh brought grandma so we were there at the campgrounds, and sure enough, she showed up. It, she doesn't know this, but I went out. I knew she was coming, so I went out from the campgrounds, and I went down the road, and I began to look. I knew what her car looked like, and I began to look. Is that her? Is she really coming? Is she going to come? Is she going to be here? Sure enough, here comes that little white Toyota, <laughs> and it was her. She came in, and then she left (laughs) because the heat got so hot and the conviction got so hot because she was back on the campground again where she'd grown up, and she'd met God, and she'd experienced Him. And uh, so she left, and man, we went to prayer. Lord, you got to bring her back, bring her back, bring her back, bring her back. So sure enough, Saturday morning, the final service of the ladies' retreat. She comes in. And it was my pastor's wife now, Beth Ann Jones, who was uh, sharing. And it was horrible that morning. The sound system wouldn't work. The, the, it was like, I mean, like cold as ice. It was like, it was horrible that morning. And you know why I believe, looking back at it now, because every imp in hell, every demon that had possessed her was at work trying to distract and trying to keep her from coming back and being delivered and set free. And, and here I am. I'm not even on the district anymore. But I have to go back and go under the sound booth and try to get the sound booth to work. And while I was there, I just got on my face and began to cry out to God, deliver her. Today, because I feel like if she's not delivered today, she'll walk away and never come back to you. And so I'm on the floor in the sound booth, and Beth Ann's trying to preach. And uh, anyway, the invitation was given to break up. Beth Ann was just kind of like, oh man, this is, I just got to get this over with. Yeah, she had no idea what was going on because I hadn't told her about my daughter. And uh, so. Um, 
the invitation was, was given. She's like, just get with your church and respond to whatever the message was. I don't even remember what the message was. You just respond by your churches. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going straight to the altar. And so I come out from the sound booth and get hit the altar. And then my friend comes beside me and my mom on the other side. And then before we know it, we look over there. And there's Rose Ellen. <laughs> she went down bound up by addictions and wrong wrong mindset and and a life of sin but she came up set free and delivered she didn't even look the same <laughs> she didn't even look the same she didn't act the same she didn't sound the same Hallelujah. she was Hallelujah. set free Praise just God. like that and delivered Praise God. Praise. now I'm not saying it was just because of my prayers there was a whole host of people that were praying for her. But I do know this. God responds to a mother's heart, to a father's heart, to a loved one's heart when they cry out to him. Jesus, you're it. You're our only answer. You're it. And so we call on your name. But as you said, Jesus, that we and our families would be saved. And I'm thankful this morning for his Work. Would you come, Roselle? You come. I'd love for you to play that song again about the name of Jesus. Ask Roselle if she'll come this morning. It's been my prayer for you guys, as as Pastor Dale has shared with me, um, what he feels led. um, The emphasis on restoring the prodigals this year. I've been. I, I've been praying for you guys that that uh, the Lord would just awaken a, a cry in you, a desperate cry. There was a there was a time when Rose Ellen was away from the Lord that I, I almost made peace with her sin because I love my child and I wanted peace in our family. And can I tell you? That lasted about three seconds. And I got the biggest Holy Holy Ghost whooping I think I've ever gotten. He was like, no. You cannot make peace with sin in your family. You cannot make peace with sin in your children's life. You cannot do it. You cannot come to peace. You can be welcoming. You can be inviting. I loved her friends. I loved on her friends. Even though they were part of the problem. But I couldn't come to peace with the sin. And so after he whooped me. (laughs) And he helped me to pray even deeper. And so if you're here this morning. And... and, uh, that's you this morning. I invite you to just come. I'm gonna. This girl right here is a product of intercession, and uh, I'm gonna ask her to pray for you this morning. If you have a need this morning, if you have one that God's laid on your heart, if you feel like this morning that, oh no, I've been offended by Jesus because of what's going on in my family or what's going on in my home. 
Would you just come this morning? I'd love to pray for you this morning. Y'all come press in up here. that we do I thank you that we don't have to be any kind of way before you Jesus that we can just come into your sanctuary God dressed how we are looking how we're looking feeling how we're feeling God and in your presence God just comes in and removes every bit of insecurity every bit of of holding back that's down inside of us Jesus when we walk in this room God and in your presence Father you overwhelm us So I thank you, God, that you overwhelm us right now in this moment, God. Every person in this room, whether they're up here or in their seats, Jesus, I thank you, Father, that your presence just overwhelms them, Jesus. That they feel your hand upon them, Lord, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, Jesus. May they hold nothing back from you in this moment, God. We heard about the the older brother last night, God, and I know that there's some older brothers and older sisters in this room right now, Father. So I pray, God, that your spirit would just overwhelm them, Lord, that they would know that they're chosen. That they're they're yours, God. They're 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 your favorite. I'd like to ask you to just open your hands like in a receptive position if you want if you want to. And Lord, I ask right now, Father, that you would just fill every inch of our hearts, Jesus. That you would just fill us, Lord, because if there's anything in us, Lord, how will we receive those, God, who need you? So, Father, we ask that you would just move us out of the way, Jesus, right now, Father, that you would fill us, God, to overflowing with your love and with your grace and with your mercy, Jesus. Leave no spot untouched, Lord, in our hearts. Leave no spot untouched in our minds, God. Leave no spot, Lord, that we're still holding on to. Father, I pray you would forgive us, Lord, that you would forgive us, Papa. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, God, for when we didn't trust you, Lord, and we let offense come into our hearts. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, God, when we held a part of our hearts back from you, Jesus. Forgive us, Lord, when we took our eyes off of the promise that you gave us for our families, Jesus. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us, Lord, for the moment, God, that we took our eyes off of you, God. When we let the enemy of our hearts into our minds, God. We need more of you, Jesus. We need more of you, God, before we can even start believing for our prodigals. We need more of you, Jesus, before we can even be a place, God, that they would feel safe, God. So, Lord, remove every bit of us, Jesus. Remove every bit of us, Lord, that's not of you. 
We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Papa. We thank you, Father, that you are perfect in all of your ways. We thank you, Papa, that there's no thing that we've done or said or felt, Jesus, that would keep us from your love. So, Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would come. Let us not get our mindset off that that we can get enough of you, God. I ask, Lord, that you would just come and fill our hearts right now to overflowing, Jesus. That you would just come, that every bit of sickness, Jesus, Every bit of hurt, every bit of offense, timidity, fear, doubt, shame, condemnation. Because the word says that's not from you, Jesus. I said it would just fall off right now. God, I pray that you would grow our hearts for our loved ones, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would grow our heart for our prodigals, Lord. Oh, Lord. How will we ever love them? How will we ever forgive them, God, if we don't know love ourselves, if we don't know forgiveness ourselves? So, God, I pray that you would renew a right spirit in us. Your word says that it does, your word does not come back to you void, Lord. And so we speak the word of God over them right now. We speak the word of God over these prodigals, God. We speak wholeness. We speak against shame, against condemnation. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would just invade their hearts right now. I'm going to address what's in the room right now. I'm going to address it. With every head bowed, every eye closed. (laughs) I want you to imagine like you're sitting in a booth, like at a diner or at a restaurant. And it's only you and Jesus. He's right across from you. And when you look into his eyes, do you know him? Not do you know him, not only do you know his, that he came and that he died on a cross after he lived a full life. And after three days came back and went to heaven. Past that, do you know him? Do you have history with him? My heart's cry is that when I go to heaven. that I can recognize Jesus because I have history with him. So do you have history with him? And if you don't, that's okay because today's a new day. There's new mercy and new grace for that. So as you look across the table, 
as you're sitting in that booth right now, in your heart, in, in your mind, as you look across the table, what would you say to him? Would you say, Jesus, I'm sorry? Or would you say, Jesus, I love you? <laughs> Jesus, I need more of you in my heart. I need your help because my spouse is hard to love. Because my dad hurt my feelings. Because everybody makes fun of me, Jesus. I need you to come in and heal that place in my heart. What would you say to him? Just say it right now. Say it out loud. Say it in your heart. Just speak it to him because his ears are turned towards you. Before you even walked in the door and slid up in that booth across from him at this table, his ear was turned towards you. So just take a minute right now to just say whatever you need to say. back from you. The prodigals that are in this room right now, you may say, well, I go to church every Sunday. I never missed. I play on the praise team or I serve here or I serve there or whatever. It doesn't matter because we can so, the word says we can so slowly drift off. I think it was Wigglesworth that said, two days, if you're not moving forward, you're backsliding, slid. And, and it's not about shame, and it's not about guilt, and it's not about condemnation. It's just that we're imperfect people. And we let complacency and all of these other things come in and crowd our minds and crowd our hearts. And then Jesus isn't at the center in them anymore. And we find ourselves here today wanting to press in but feeling like there's something inside of us that's keeping us from feeling like we have a place at the table because the word says we have a place at the table the word said he put shoes on our feet and rings on our fingers and robes around us and we have a place just like i go to my mom's house and i just open the fridge like i don't know i might not even be hungry but i just go in and i open the fridge because it's my mom and it doesn't matter because I know I'm at home. And so if you don't feel like you can just walk into the Lord's house right now and just open his fridge or just take your shoes off and put your feet on the couch or, or, or lay back and, and grab a blanket and, and roll up, I, I, I ask you. I don't want to scare you into this. I just ask you, are you okay with walking out of these doors today? Not making things right. It's not, it's, it's not worth it. Because, Jeremiah 29, 11, He has a plan for your life. He has a purpose. His will is perfect for your life. He hasn't changed His mind. I don't care how long it's been. He's still waiting for those promises that you made Him when you were 4 and 5 and 6 and 10 and 12 and 20 and 50. Those promises that you made to him, he's still waiting. He hasn't forgotten them, even if you've forgotten them. So I pray, God, for the prodigals in this room. 
Oh God. Who are you that you would turn your face from them? You would never, Jesus. So I pray, God, that you would give them the strength and the courage, Lord, to just say, okay, I'm done. I'm done being fake. I'm done putting on a face. I'm done trying everything in myself. Oh, God. We thank you, Lord, that you come in right now. just like oil and water separates God you separate us from everything that's inside of us that isn't of you God I thank you that we don't have to worry we don't have to doubt we don't have to thank God that there's anything that we have to do other than trust you you are a mighty God You know when we rise, when we lay down, when we stand up. You know what we think. You know when our heart hurts. And so, God, I thank you. You're the God of all provision, Lord, and you're going to provide everything that we need to walk in holiness. You're going to provide, God, everything that we need to trust you. You're going to provide everything that we need to believe that you are who you say that you are. So help our unbelief in this room, God. Help our unbelief, Jesus. Because your name, your name sets captives free. Your name pushes out insecurities. Your name, Jesus, is the name above every single name, is the name above bankruptcy, is the name above sickness, is the name above cancer, is the name above anger, addiction, homosexuality. God, your name, Jesus, is over every single name, Republic or Republican or Democrat or insecurity or I failed a test. Your name, Jesus, is above every single name. And so, as, as these guys are going to sing about the name Jesus, I dare you, I dare you to speak Jesus over your circumstance. I dare you to speak Jesus over your prodigal. I dare you to speak Jesus over the confusion that tries to cloud your mind.
God has been here. God is here. Just just continue in His presence. I just want to give you another opportunity. Some of you took the chance last Sunday, but if there's someone that's in your life that you're praying and interceding for and you feel prompted, there's two red markers behind the portrait here. You can write their name and we can come into agreement with you. We're going to be committed in prayer. And let me just encourage you. God is already, He's more concerned about them than we are. <laughs> He's just using us. To, aren't you thankful for a praying mama? Aren't you glad for the faith of a praying mama that, that, would, that would persist in faith? That encouraged some mamas here today and some grandmas. It sure did. Thank you for sharing your heart. And that gives us faith to believe. We left here last Sunday. Names were put on here and and I'm going to let Terry tell the story himself when, at some point. But but got one name on here. He called as soon as on their way home from church. He called and said, "What y'all doing for the game? I want to come over." And in the middle of halftime, he started singing "Amazing Grace." This is someone that just didn't believe there was a God, and now he's declaring "Amazing Grace." Another prodigal's name on here was was invited to church and yesterday and 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 got angry. See, God's working in that life. That's okay. We're going to persevere. We're going to press in. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. We're not going to give up. This is uh, this is eternity work. Thank you, Pastor D. Thank you, Rose. But let's let's just sing through that again and if. As Rose said, don't leave out of here without, don't leave with the need of your heart not being met. Jesus is here. Let's let's get the healing. Let's get the deliverance. So if, if it's not finished yet, let's take this moment. Let me let me pray over you. Let us pray with you. If there's if your heart is beating and you know the Holy Spirit is saying this is the day, this is the time. Let us, let us pray with you. There's power in prayer. There's power in the name of Jesus. If you need to write a name, just come at this time. Let's sing through that. In faith believing. In faith believing. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Anything we need to pray about this morning. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? All the world can come to Him and have their sins removed. Broken when it's spoken, 
hearts clear. Sure. Would you guys rally around Pastor Dale and uh, what he feels God has called this church to this year? If you want to see revival come, <laughs> you want to see revival come, when these prodigals start coming home, you know, Christmas was a whole lot different the year after Roselle came home. Christmas was a whole lot different for Carmen's family this year because <laughs> there wasn't all the, the striving and, and, and all the struggle. You want, you want to see peace and, and, and revival come to your family? Um, rally behind what, what, Pastor, what Pastor Phil's led to do this morning. Renewal? Yeah, that brings renewal. That brings revival. That brings peace. That brings a sense of excitement when a prodigal comes home. So I encourage you. He's heard from God. Follow him in this. Follow him in it. You know what we do at our church? Sometimes during our prayer times, we'll take these boards. The boards that we have at at our church are are a lot bigger. I mean, they're huge. There's names from really literally all over the world that are on on those boards and sometimes we even take them and we'll put it down on the floor and we'll gather around and we'll we'll, we'll just pray over them and declare God's promises and and declare uh, salvation and and, uh, freedom and, and, and all of that so don't be afraid of it don't be afraid of it but embrace what Pastor Phil's led to do this year all right I'm looking to I'm looking to hear great things Let's just, would you pray a prayer of just an impartation and that God would just, can we receive the, the burden of intercession? It's kind of a dangerous prayer to pray. It'll cost us something. It'll cost us some priorities. It'll cost us some, some late nights. It'll, it'll, so, so just, let's just be honest and be real with God. It's, but I, I would ask you to pray just a prayer of impartation. God would raise up more intercessors. God would help us stand in the gap. Thank you, Father, for what you've done in this place this morning. I thank you for what you've done in my family. I thank you for for the healing and the reconciliation that's taken place. Um, And I pray this morning for my son who is, we think he's somewhere in Syria right now. He's been deployed and um, we pray for your protection over him, but I pray is what I pray daily, Jesus, that you would restore to him the joy of your salvation and that you would hold him by your righteous right hand and that you would bring him back to the place where he once walked with you. And so I claim his salvation and his deliverance just like I claimed Roselle's. And, and so I praise you that he's on his way back in the full, uh, a, a, a full, um, feeling of your spirit and walking in his callings and so I pray also this morning as Pastor Pastor Dale has asked just an impartation this morning I pray for a deepening of the cry of the hearts of these people there was one time when my son um, had an asthma attack that was so bad that I didn't think that we were going to be able to get him to the hospital in time. We didn't have an inhaler. It was the first major attack that he'd had, and he was only about um, 10 years old. And We were out, way out from town, and 
and um, he was having this attack and and it kind of just freaked me out and I didn't I, did, I just knew that I had to get him to the hospital I had to get him to help and I had to I had to get him there just as quickly as I, as I could and, and that's been something that has stuck in my mind all these many years later that that there are people that we just have to get to you Jesus we just have to get them to you we bring them to you just just like we took Lane to the hospital that day we take them to you Jesus and so I pray for a deepening of that cry may an urgency awaken in these hearts God eternity is so long the the time that we have here on this earth is so brief but eternity is so long and when we care about people and we love people what what a travesty it is that that we would want to go to heaven without them i don't want to go to heaven without my family all of my family being there and may that be in all of our lives that we don't want we don't want to go to heaven without with the circle being unbroken in our families and so i just pray for a deepening of the cry would you raise up intercessors in this house lord that would rally behind pastor dale god draw them draw them put that burden upon them god it is a burden it is a burden would you give them visions and dreams god of of prodigals being restored lives being restored people being set free and your and your spirit being able to to your glory being able to flow in this place because there is healing in your name jesus it's your name jesus it's you jesus and so we just pray for that for this house we're believing for great things jesus as you continue to call people to the place of intercession may they be willing May they be willing to give up nights. May they be willing not to not to spend all night worrying and fretting about where their child is or, or where their spouse is or where their loved one is, but, but bringing them before you, Jesus. Bringing them before you because you are the answer. And so we praise you, God. I believe already that you are speaking to lives, you're speaking to hearts, and that they are going to rally behind this call for this year of renewal restoration prodigals being restored to your honor to your glory and we just pray for the release of the calls upon the lives of these who are on this board we just pray for the release of the calls and the anointings and that those people would be back in places of service in your kingdom and so we give you thanks and we give you praise this morning jesus in your name Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. You can write. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Dee. Thank you, Rose. Let's just let's keep it going, okay? This is the time we had set aside for these services, but we're just getting started, right? We're just getting started. So let's persevere in the place of in the place of prayer. I want you to have a wonderful day. Beautiful day, beautiful afternoon. Shake hands with one another as you go. There's a verse in the Bible that says, Keep on praying for the saints. So you can use that this afternoon. Keep on praying for the saints. Go in his peace. <laughs>